Hello, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Saturday, the 24th of December. Coming up on today's show, uh, you've got the closest you're likely to come to a Small Biz Pod Christmas party. Uh, with the recording I made at the uh, bootstrapping book launch with Greg Gianforte. A really extraordinary smorgasbord of uh, entrepreneurs who I conduct some little mini interviews with. I talk to a diamond manufacturer, a small biz pod listener, a firewalker, a cancer specialist, and an FT journalist. Now, if that doesn't trail the show, I don't know what will. It's uh, definitely worth listening to, I think. And also, I have quite a few comments to catch up on. And some news on a little feature called a Frapper Map, which uh, I hope you all plant your little flag posts in the Small Biz Pod map so that uh, we can all see who's listening and where you all are roughly, you know, not down to the street or anything, but, you know, maybe town, city, country. But first of all, everyone, I hope you have a really fantastic Christmas. Uh, to all existing listeners, thank you very much for sticking by me for the last uh, really quite wonderful nine months. I've been really enjoying it, and I hope you are too. And to anyone who's new to Small Biz Pod today, uh, it's the place to come for interviews and insight on small business issues and entrepreneurship, uh, very much focused on talking to, to real entrepreneurs and experts in the field to, to gain some insight. So thanks very much if you've just tuned in, and a happy Christmas to you too. Now on to some comments, and uh, we heard from Easton Ellsworth from No More Media uh, last week, and he just uh, returns to the, the Small Biz Pod blog comments section just to say thanks for the mention i plan to blog about this excellent resource soon and true to his word he did and there's a track back to his uh, blog posting on uh, on the small biz pod site so uh, check that out it looks like uh, an interesting uh, venture he's got going there so thanks for that easton um i also had a, a really quite amusing comment from nick Rowlands who writes, um, Hey Alex, just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. Hope to hear lots lots more podcasts in the new year. Uh, by the way, my partner just popped into the room whilst I started to listen to this podcast, and she thought you may be Swedish. A, because of your accent, and B, because she thought she heard you say smorgasbord when you actually said smallbizpod. Sorry, she's Icelandic, Nick says. Uh, he then says, with reference to your comments about open source software at the start of this show, here's an article you may like to read. So uh, thanks very much for that, Nick. And um, do please pass on my uh, thanks to your Icelandic partner as well for her uh, for her amusing Swedish comments or, or comments on my Swedish accent. Um, I'll try and do a Swedish accent later on in the show uh, just to demonstrate how unswedish I really sound. I don't know whether ABBA has had an undue influence over my uh, radio voice um, since I used to listen to them from a very, very early age indeed. But thanks anyway. Uh, it made me made me laugh, made me smile. So, uh, And I'll check out the uh, link on open source software. Um, other than that, another example of a listener from far afield, uh, a comment from April who writes, um, it's really a great job that you've done on Small Biz Pod. I'm a listener in Hong Kong and just wanted to let you know that your 
podcast has really reached far. So many thanks for that, April. And to all of you out there, if you fancy clicking on the uh, Frapper map icon on the top right-hand side of the Small Biz Pod homepage at www.smallbizpod.co.uk, um, do put your marker in the ground, so to speak, so that uh, we can all see where we all are. It'd be, I think, quite good fun to see where listeners to Small Biz Pod are, approximately. Now, on to uh, another comment, uh, this time sent by email uh, from uh, Ron Melender. And Ron says, I just wanted to drop you a line from Taiwan, uh, the Republic of China, and say how much I enjoy the show. I particularly enjoyed your segments on bootstrapping as I've been developing plans for my own small business. I'm glad to see you're back to producing new episodes after your break. Keep up the good work. Uh, so, once again, many thanks for that, Ron, and uh, look forward to uh, to speaking to you on, on Skype sometime soon. Now, also, just uh, whisking through my uh, printouts of emails here, I had a, an email from um, Bob at Backpack uh, Backpacking Light podcast. Um, he says, just wandering around the net on a Sunday night looking for anyone who has put together a decent podcast for whatever reason in the UK. Uh, listening to your interviews while I'm typing this and very pleased to see that I'm not alone in my series of podcasts and that I'm using the podcast media in the right way to develop my business. I started on October the 13th and have just clocked up my 10,000th download around the world and I'm getting lots of good feedback from all my listeners. Uh, Bob then goes on to uh, ask some questions about um, whether or not you can raise any money from podcasting. That's a big question. Um, we won't answer it here. Not many people have found ways to at the moment, but there we go. Um, and he says he agrees with all the points that I've made about podcasting, and I'm interested in um, comparisons between the US reaction to podcasting and the UK. And certainly over recent weeks and months, uh, the UK kind of seems to be catching up, or at least the UK media seems to be forging ahead. Uh, the Guardian, the, the FT, I notice, the Daily Telegraph... All the economists, all uh, now uh, podcasting. So uh, new podcasts from mainstream media coming out all the time, and that can only help raise the profile and potential number of listeners for podcasts uh, run by the likes of you and me, Bob. So um, backpacking light, uh, a niche audience, but uh, that's what podcasting is all about. So uh, thanks very much for that, indeed. Uh, and I'll definitely be be checking out your site. And again, um, feel free to to Skype me, Bob, and we can have a have a further chat. And finally, a note from Mike Sharp, a regular listener from Sharp's Books, who sent me an email to say uh, just a quick note to let you know that this month's .net magazine has some useful tools on their CD for any budding casters. Uh, I haven't tried them out, but they may well be useful for some of your listeners. Also, I received the book Bootstrapping Your Business in the post from the competition, and it's really inspirational, so thank you again. Cheers, Alex, and keep those podcasts coming. Many thanks for that, Mike, and for drawing everyone's attention to the .NET Magazine's uh, article. I know that I think one of their sister publications from the future uh, publication, Stable, 
uh, computer arts i think is going to be doing a little feature on small biz pod and uh, you'll find some editions of small biz pod on their cover mounted cd so if you're lucky enough to be mentioned in any of those you're going to receive some significant media attention well not really anyway but lots of people will be able to to hear me waffling on and a few decent interviews uh, via those cds so that's good exposure for for small biz pod and for podcasting in general too and i'm sure it'll be a broader piece and that just about wraps up comments for today so now let's move on to the interviews at the Bootstrapping Your Business launch, uh, which took place at the Zebrano Bar in London earlier in December. Um, what I would say is that it was an extremely loud uh, bar, um, full of excellent house music. It did mean that the recording was a little challenging, although I think it actually came out very well. Uh, I found it a lot harder to hear what people were saying than the microphone ended up uh, able to hear what people were saying. So the recording is quite clear, if you don't mind uh, uh, quite a bit of pumping house music in the background. Uh, I think that most small business, small business pod listeners probably won't mind that, bearing in mind they, many of them really enjoy the, the music at the end of the show, so that should be cool. But um, it, occasionally you'll notice that I don't quite get the hang of uh, my introductions to some of the people, but uh, as I say, very, very interesting group of little mini-interviews for you to enjoy now. And the first of those is with Natasha Starkle of Transparent Assets, who is a Russian entrepreneur who is doing with a business in Russia an extraordinary thing with diamonds, or at least with carbon um, they're manufacturing diamonds. So uh, that's where the, the conversation starts off. She begins talking about how they are taking pieces of the Titanic, melting them down into their sort of carbon constituents and <clears throat> creating diamonds from the Titanic. We have a product line, ashes from Titanic that were transferred into diamonds. Ashes? Ashes, yeah. You take Titanic remnants, you turn them into ashes, and you turn ashes into diamonds. Now, you know what other ashes you can turn into diamonds? Uh, human <laughs> ashes. But what our guys learn to do, and this company called New Age Diamonds, they've learned to not only transfer the ashes, so you can wear your grandmother on your little finger, yeah. but, or your favorite pet, yeah. or you can, you can present your loved one with a diamond that has a part of your DNA. So you, you cut a, a lock of your hair, send it off, they make diamonds using your hair, and then you can have a beautiful diamond and say, I give a piece of me to you as a present. What a brilliant idea. So this is what we're set to promote. So I'm going to Russia next week to sort out all the process and what it takes to actually make it. But most importantly, you can actually certify and ensure that DNA of that particular person is in that diamond. There is a certification process because otherwise you can just sell them diamonds and say bloody blah, blah, that's the diamond, are you part of you now? And uh, are the diamonds, um, do they, obviously they're not going to be the same kind of quality as, as diamonds you dig out of the ground if they've been manufactured, are they? They are the same quality, they are the diamonds, they are carbons that put under pressure 
20, 30,000 atmosphere, 6,000 degrees Celsius temperature, and it comes out as a beautiful diamond, except they're colored. So if they are even more precious than white diamonds. But if you can manufacture them, isn't there a danger that the, the reason diamonds are so expensive is the scarcity of value, isn't it? If you can start making diamonds, aren't you just going to bring the cost level down? De Beers, De Beers is very unhappy. Sorry? De Beers is very unhappy. I bet they are. They are making everything possible for people to say, oh, we want the diamond that comes from the earth and it's a billion years old. But I say, well, it's not the reason to pay a huge premiums for it. Very, very fascinating story. Well, there we are. And that's only one of your businesses. Uh, it's only one of my businesses, and there are more to talk about. Okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll come back to you later, perhaps. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. <laughs> An extraordinary example of entrepreneurship there from Russia. Um, a lot of very creative people over there with a great newfound entrepreneurial spirit. And I think we may well return to Natasha to do a show perhaps on enterprise in the former Soviet Union. Be be quite interesting to see how entrepreneurship is flourishing over there in Russia. Uh, now, I then got an opportunity to talk to a Small Biz Pod listener. He's Sanjay Parekh, and uh, do forgive me, the, the music was so loud I couldn't quite catch who he was or what he was doing, and I was under the impression he was a journalist for a little while until I realized he was a listener, and indeed he'd won, a, won one of the uh, book prizes from a show a couple of, couple of shows back. I have with me here Sanjay Parekh. Hi, Sanjay. And uh, other than being a journalist, is that right? No, 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 I'm not a journalist at all. You were a journalist? No, 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 no. I'm an entrepreneur, if you like. I I run a software business. Okay. And uh, when did you you set up? Uh, In 2000. Okay. So uh, how are things going? You're obviously, you know, a young business, and it's a competitive market. What do you, what's your speciality? Uh, Basically, our our business is uh, a piece of financial software that manages the expense claim process for small and mid-sized businesses. And um, are you, uh, did you come up with the, uh, you know, did you develop the the product in the first place and and then pull together a team to to sell it? Or how did you, how did you actually go about, you know, building the business? Okay, well... um, in, in 2000, as you, as you know, Alex, it was uh, the, the, you know, the height of the dot-com boom, and, uh, and uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of us um, were, were very interested in the internet and how we could apply the internet technologies to smaller businesses. Um, so we looked at the market. We're, actually, two of the founders of the business were our accountants by training. So we looked at the market, uh, saw, and we'd all worked in large companies, saw what large companies were doing, saw the technologies, and thought we could... We could we could uh, take what we know in in this field, apply it to the technologies that are out there, and give a service to, to smaller companies. So you 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 very much aimed at the at the SME market. Absolutely, um, I think at, at the time we, we thought the larger companies have these have this software, have these services, um, and they and they get the competitive advantage because of that. Because with the internet, with essentially being a free network, we could leverage that, leverage our software on top of that, and and let smaller companies get the benefits that uh, larger companies have of uh, this type of software. And in terms of uh, how you actually sell the product, is it all online sales, uh, or or do you retail it as well? 
Um, it's, it's a mixture of things. Um, the majority of it now is, is through the web. Uh, we've optimized our website, we use a lot of Google AdWords, that sort of thing. So we get a lot of leads that way. Uh, and then we do a lot of email marketing. And then we also do a lot of marketing with Sage, because Sage is the uh, market leader in the UK for small business accounting software. So um, we, we attend a lot of their events to do some joint marketing and that sort of thing. And Sage are happy that, that your, your product's complementary enough that they don't mind sharing the limelight? Absolutely. We were um, we were actually up for an award this year with Sage, and uh, we were up for Developer of the Year. So uh, unfortunately, we didn't win, but uh, they they sufficiently recognised us sufficiently to put us on the shortlist this year. And I've just realised now who you are. Of course, you are Sanjay Parekh, who won, who entered the competition on Small Biz Pod and won a book. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I'm halfway through it. It's that, it's that last bit about Sage and winning. It's just suddenly all pieced together. <laughs> Well, it's nice to be—it's nice to be interviewing uh, someone who's actually listened to Small Biz Pod. So, thanks. No, no problem. It's a—it's a great program, and yeah, I, I listen to it uh, when it, whenever you broadcast it. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time. Well, that was uh, great to meet Sanjay, even though I didn't know who he was until right at the end of the interview. Uh, but thanks very much for for putting up with my my deafness earlier on in the interview there Sanjay and as ever it's always really really great to meet someone who listens to the show um, and uh, enjoys it always nice to meet up face to face now um, you'll notice of course that throughout these little mini interviews I am just literally walking around a rather dark bar with a microphone uh, approaching people at random I don't know who they are in advance and uh, apart from perhaps a little introduction from, from somebody standing next to them, uh, which is why I stumble across the, the co-author of the bootstrapping book, uh, Marcus Gibson, who's also an FT journalist. You're here at the, uh, the Right Now Technologies Greg yeah. Jamponte book launch. Uh, are you a businessman? No, I, I co-wrote the book with Greg. Oh, okay. So you're an FT journalist? I am. And um, forgive me, what, what is your what is your area, your area of expertise at the FT? Small high-tech companies and innovation and enterprise generally. Okay, very interesting. And uh, what's the future of podcasting? Very good indeed, I think, but providing they can expand it to the adult population and it just doesn't become a niche market for the young or the young and trendy. Okay. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, I think many media, many media companies are, um, are getting involved in podcasting and blogging. And I know um, your, ex, uh, your ex-editor left because he was perhaps a little bit unhappy with the, with the web strategy at the FT. Do you have any, any thoughts on whether the FT will... I know that um, one of your guys, well, the, see, the company's editor, is, all, is, is experimenting with blogging already. Yes. Uh, blogging is a blogging is different to podcasting, as you know. Yeah. But blogging is is very important indeed. Uh, uh, only a month ago, there was a v- very important groundbreaking conference in Cambridge, at the Mola Centre there, at Churchill College, where all of the best brains in blogging from around the world came to give uh, lectures. And interestingly, the BBC has set up a, a major blogging, an internal blog, and something like two thirds of the the entire staff are now active. So I, I've spoken to a man called Max Niederhofer, who's German, yep. and he is also uh, doing, he has a company in West London involved in blogging, 
had very early discussions together because I have a very large database of small high-tech companies. Uh, we are thinking of creating a 50,000 company blog using his technology. So you'd be providing um, you'd be providing blogs for those businesses, or would it be a massive kind of group blog? Uh, the latter, a massive group blog initially. Oh, interesting. Well, blogging is very interesting. Uh, it's, 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 at the moment, it's done a mixture of well and badly, um, very badly, mostly by large companies, large institutions, but it will mature, like most of these technologies, into something that could be very powerful. Um, I have a personal grudge in that you may know that inner London economy has suffered disastrously since the congestion charge uh, was introduced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the congestion charge, along with online trading and London's parking wardens, has more or less emptied the centre of London. That's been a disaster. London is the first capital economy in the world that suffered a major financial disaster, um, particularly for the small business community. Well, I, I think that's, that's a very interesting note to end on. Uh, I'll let you go because I know you're in demand. And uh, this is likely to be broadcast on the UK's only small business podcast. So uh, interesting, interesting final comment. And I know lots of, lots of listeners will be uh, sympathetic to your, your outrage. Well, my website is, is uh, www.gibson-index.com, which is the initial website. And they can, there's an add your company feature. If they, if they run a small technology company, I'd be delighted for them to add their company to the database. Okay, fantastic. Very nice talking to you. And uh, I'll put a link to Marcus's site on the Small Biz Pod blog uh, for the show notes. Uh, certainly a, a lot of interesting stuff there from, from Marcus. And uh, the impact of the congestion charge on London, I know, is a big issue for many a small business, but uh, perhaps a, a topic for another show on another day. So now I talk to um, somebody whose name I didn't get, so I can't name check him, I'm afraid, but he is a firewalker. And um, what's your particular interest? Are you uh, an existing entrepreneur or are you uh, Yeah, I've got my own little business. Yeah. And is it bootstrapped? No. I've had to take my own money and put a lot of it in it. Okay, and what, is it, what does it do? I work in personal development. I'm a firewalk trainer. Say again? I'm a firewalk trainer. I teach people how to walk on fire. Okay. Something slightly different. Yeah. So what, what gave you the idea to, to set that business up? Whole series of coincidences. I mean, I went firewalking myself and it changed my life. Yeah. So that's why. In, in what way? I used to be a conventional guy with a conventional career. I used to be a, do a medical doctor. Okay. And I chucked all that in. So that's quite a, that's quite a, a big change in your Very life. radical. Yeah. And doesn't it hurt? No, it just makes me realize how much I was hurting and how much I was numb to. Okay, that's interesting. When I was in my sort of successful job, but asleep. Yeah, yeah. And unconscious. Yeah. So you are, you're much more attuned to life and you enjoy life more now. I think so. So, you know, this is about raising our level of consciousness. Okay. And 
where is that level of consciousness? What does that achieve for you personally? In one phrase, no, I'm I, happier. I, you're happier. And that's, yeah, that is a fantastic result. A fantastic result. You know, at the end of the day, people always say this, that, and the other, but bottom line, people are looking to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. The routes may be different, the destination's the same. Yeah, yeah. And, and in many, in very often, the conventional routes uh, you find don't actually lead anywhere near happiness. One of the people I uh, trained under, he's an Eastern person, and he said, and it was interesting because he looked at me and said, you know, he looked at me and said, you know what the problem with you Westerners is? Which is interesting because I'm an Indian and I've always considered myself yeah. Eastern. Yeah. He said, the problem with you Westerners is, it is like you are running on a treadmill, lot of huffing and puffing and not getting anywhere. And I think that is actually a very good analogy of the modern situation. Yeah. People are busier, richer, wealthier. Are they happier? I'm not so sure. Well, uh, I meet a lot of motivational guys, but this guy was uh, stood out a little bit from the crowd. I mean, firewalking in itself is uh, quite unusual and uh, as he says, a bit of a life-changing experience. Uh, I've not plucked up courage to to try it myself yet. Um, but anyway, um, interesting, very interesting guy to talk to. There's there's more from from him that I might include in a future show at a later point. And then finally, uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to a uh, a cancer specialist who was also at the launch and uh, to suss out why she was there. So hello, and um, now, now introduce yourself to, uh, to me and, and the listeners. Hello, my name is Lauren Pecorino. I am a scientist and I work at the University of Greenwich. At the University of London? Greenwich. Oh, Greenwich, okay. And, and what's your speciality? Uh, cancer biology. Fascinating, so is that, is that uh, practical as well? Are you, are you involved with with a, an organization like Cancer Research UK, or, or, do you, or is it uh, theoretical? I was doing some research at the Ludwig Institute for Cancer Research in London, and I stopped to write a textbook for university students. Excellent. So, why are you here? Uh, I'm here to support the bootstrapping book, to learn a little bit about business, because I don't know too much about business, and to experience Carnaby Street. Excellent. That sounds like a marvelous reason to be here. And uh, you look you look very happy and smiley, so you're obviously having a good time. I am. Thank you very much. And what have you learned about business so far tonight? I learned that probably anybody can make a business, but you have to have the right mindset. Okay. And, and are you planning on branching into entrepreneurship at any point in your life? I would love to, but I'm not sure if I'm right in the mindset yet, but I'm working on it. I yeah. think by reading the book, I may get there. Absolutely. I think also you need to speak to the firewalker. There's a firewalker here as well. So. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
Well, I hope you enjoyed those interviews. I thought that there were some fascinating people there. I was really lucky to bump into uh, a number of people to interview like that from, from different walks of life with very different businesses. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's certainly one of my more enjoyable shows to do. So uh, thanks to Krista at Right Now for inviting me and to everybody who was uh, happy enough to be interviewed which uh, leaves me just one thing to do. Uh, do send me your comments or your audio comments. Do click on the uh, Frapper map and put your little flagpole in the map, the Small Biz Pod listener map. Uh, and finally, finally, uh, my choice of music for this week. And I thought you'd probably have had enough of the, the thumping house music. So this is a, a track from Electromancer. It's by Hegel, and it's called Grey Haze. One for all of you out there who enjoy a bit of Boards of Canada, I think. <laughs> 